Father George Montague was celebrating the early Christmas Eve Mass, the children's Mass, and he invited a four-year-old girl, Rachel, to come forward, and it was going to be a little question and answer. So he said to her, he said, Rachel, what is Christmas all about? So she was quite nervous. She didn't answer. She was just quiet. So he's trying to help her. He says, is it about the birthday of Jesus? She nods her head, doesn't say anything. He asks her, do we give gifts on Christmas? She nods more. And then he asked, and what do you do when you get a gift? For a moment, she didn't say anything, and the adults nearby were whispering, you say thank you. But she wouldn't have any of it. She said, you open it. <laughs> what do you do with the gift? You open it, huh? We celebrate today the coming of the Holy Spirit upon those disciples gathered in prayer 50 days after Jesus had died. And we see that the gift that Jesus had promised comes to them in an amazing and wonderful way. There's a manifestation of a rushing wind and tongues of fire. But we see also, too, how they were deeply changed by the coming of the Holy Spirit. Before, they were afraid. They were in a room, locked doors. And then after, they're courageous, they're bold. Before, they were confused. They just didn't understand everything that was going on, what Jesus said, what he meant. And then we see they have understanding. Peter is able to brilliantly connect all the Old Testament and what Jesus said and did before they were directionless. Uh, but now there is this, this power of God guiding them, leading them on, on what they should do, what, what they should say. So there's this great transformation. Now, as Catholics, we believe that this is not something that only was meant for those first Christians, but that God, the Father and Son, continuously send the Holy Spirit upon the church and upon each of her members. You know, we believe that in baptism and in confirmation, the Holy Spirit is given. However, if you were to just look at sociologically Catholics and how they live and what they believe, it's not entirely evident that they have received the Holy Spirit. And I think for many Catholics, it's a kind of gift that's been given but never really opened. So I think it's important for all of us, even if right now you're confident that the Spirit is in you, guiding you, it's good always for us to continue to say, how can I be more open to the action of the Spirit in my life? So I'm just going to give you three, three pointers on that. Well, first is kind of obvious, maybe, um, but we need to ask God. You know, in our opening prayer, what did we ask for? I asked for, on all our behalf, right? That the same way that the Holy Spirit was operative in the early church, right, would, would, that we now, today, will be filled with the Holy Spirit. We all know that Jesus, he said one time, ask and you receive, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. Now, if you read through, though, in Luke's Gospel, at the end of that, he, is, he gives the specific thing for which we should be asking. He says, and how much more then will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Now we ask for the Holy Spirit in prayer and in many ways. I mean, communally, we always ask for the Spirit in every sacrament. I don't know if you're aware of this. There's 
there's a kind of epiclesis. There's a calling down of the Holy Spirit. And in the Eucharist, you'll see when I put my hands over the gifts of bread and wine. In all the sacraments, there's an invocation of the Holy Spirit. Also, too, though, of course, in our individual prayer, especially, too, Praying with the scriptures, you know. We say the scriptures are inspired. The scriptures are spirit-filled. You will, if you spend time praying with the scriptures, you will notice times of great resonance when, 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 it, when the word of God now is, has, has captured you, when the word of God has is, is, is put your heart on fire, you know. Um, and so, first thing, to continue to ask in prayer right, that we be filled with the Holy Spirit. Second, we have to remove any obstacles to the work of the Spirit within us. After Peter preached at Pentecost, those assembled, because they were amazed, right? They, they, this miracle of communication, they all were able to understand these Galileans as they spoke, speaking of the mighty acts of God. So they asked Peter, what are we supposed to do? You know what the first word he told them? Repent. Repent, right? And believe in the good news and be baptized, he said. So, Repentance. Sin, sin is an obstacle to the work of the Spirit in our lives. We read in the fourth chapter of Ephesians, and it says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with which you were sealed on the day of redemption. Now, even if one is dead in sin, it's the Holy Spirit that can come and give a grace of repentance. But unrepentant sin is an obstacle to the life of God in us. But thirdly, we have to give an outlet to the Spirit. I want you to all do me a favor, real quick. Deep breath and hold it. Hold it. Okay, let it out. Right now. now, for you to take another breath, right, what do you have to do? You have to exhale. Okay? And so there has to be an outlet that we give to the Spirit. If we want to continuously be filled with the Spirit, we have to share the gifts of the Spirit that we have received for the building up of the church. In our second reading, we heard St. Paul tell us, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. Okay. So, there's a difference now between a gift of the Spirit and a natural gift. Although they can be related, and they can be integrated completely. So, let's say someone like our Many choir members here, they have a natural gift for music, right? They can, they can, they can sing on key and, and even more than that, right? Um, and they've developed that gift, right? They've developed to practice through lessons, okay? But, uh, which is great. It's a gift from God. But a, a, like a, a charism of, of, of music in the church would be when that, when that gift enables others to lift their minds and hearts to God. It's not the same thing as a performance. and not just the same thing as something that maybe moves you emotionally, but it actually is a gift that leads others uh, to union with God. Right. Now, the, the New Testament mentions, describes different kinds of gifts of the Spirit, and it's meant to be not exhaustive, but descriptive. There, there's so many kinds of gifts the Spirit gives. It mentions uh, teaching and leadership, administration, prophecy, the ability to speak a message from God, healing in many forms, and various kinds of service. We have a, a parishioner, maybe it was about eight, nine, eight years ago, she had kind of retired early, and she was 
wanted to get more involved in the church. We had some conversations. And since then, she's been extremely generous in serving the church. And in, in a particular way, very much attentive to discerning what gifts of God she's been given, what spiritual gifts she's been given, and then finding ways to use these gifts in our parish community. And one of the gifts that she has, uh, very clearly, uh, is a gift of mentoring. And recently, just this week, she sent me an email that she received from one of our young adults. This young adult is graduating from college. And the, the, the email is a, really a beautiful and detailed thank you uh, to this parishioner. Now, this parishioner had called this young adult to leadership and equipped her for success. Just to share with you a little bit, she said, I was surprised when you asked me to help lead because at the time, I felt very young and inadequate. I wasn't sure I could manage well enough. The leadership role and all your praise and words of encouragement really helped build my self-confidence. And indeed, I saw a transformation in this young woman in her involvement in the church. And part of that, that her gifts were being activated by another who had that gift of mentorship. And so this is something for all of us to consider now. Okay? You are not meant to merely go to Mass on Sundays. <laughs> you are meant to be an active member of this part of the body of Christ, which means that you have discerned or are discerning or will be discerning the gifts that God has given you, spiritual gifts, that you can use in different ways in participating in our common life together and building up this parish community. You can't say to me you don't have any gifts. St. Paul is clear. To each individual is given a manifestation of the Spirit. So ask God to help you to know what those gifts are. Also, too, to, to discern what are the needs that we have in this local church, in this local parish community. And what do you do when you get a gift? You open it. Unpack the gift you've received, and you will be transformed. And through you, others will be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit.